Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 119th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio. How's it go? Thank you. In said it right. In beautiful Missouri. Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? We're just rolling with it. We're rolling with it. All right. Um, I'm great, first of all. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. Everybody that skipped the intro is now having to rewind. Yeah. I mowed the lawn today. It's insanely beautiful. <laughs> like mid-December, uh, mow the lawn and like comfortably in like shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. Sometimes I just straight up lie and say it's a beautiful day in Springfield, Missouri, but it last two days. You told the truth today. Incredible. Uh, well, Kyle, we got a lot to talk about. I've said that week after week. This, jam-packed, as they say. Yeah, you could say that. Um, football and basketball overlapping. There's a lot of stuff going on. Missouri's winning, though, and that's all that matters. We're going to talk about, obviously, the Arkansas game. That's going to be probably the biggest chunk of this episode. We're going to preview Georgia. Huge game. And uh, we do have some news, but we'll just kind of sprinkle it sprinkle it in here and there where it applies. And uh, then we have two wins in basketball to talk about. And then the biggest game of the year so far, matchup against Illinois. Saturday is going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be lit, as the kids say. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's start with this Arkansas game, though. We'll just take it chronologically. Okay. There's too many. It's going to be hard for me to do There's too many moments. There's too many big moments. I'm already excited. Uh, Missouri jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Bazelak, though, got hit in the legs. Very first possession. Thought disaster struck. It looked awful. Yeah. Looked bad. It was penalized. Brady Cook came in for one play. And, like, fumbled. (laughs) He, like, dropped the snap. Yeah. It was like, here we go. Yeah. But Bazelak was fine. He came right right back in. Uh, Harrison Mavis got a 51-yard field goal early in the game. Yeah, Mizzou jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Everything was looking good. I thought maybe we were looking at a blowout for half a second. But um, Arkansas got on the board early with a 12-play drive featuring six K.J. Jefferson rushes. So let's talk about that. No Felipe Franks. And immediately i think we're starting to finally break the curse of the backup quarterback but immediately backup quarterback uh ptsd sets Mm -hmm. in yeah i think uh he was probably i mean obviously he was thrust into this role um probably that day he found out he was going to be the starter which is probably nobody wants to prepare that way i think Pittman said at halftime that they knew that morning Mm. that franks wasn't going to go um he started off kind of slow but honestly and you said we we're going to do this chronologically, but I'm already breaking the rules. Go I was it. I was pretty impressed with with uh, KJ Jefferson, I, especially in his like first start ever. I, I thought he played a pretty good game, and obviously as the game went on, um, he was pretty threatening. Made plays, yes. Yeah. Um, I skipped over Mizzou's uh, first touchdown drive. It was a 12 play touchdown drive of their own, and I wanted to spotlight the third and short end around handoff to um, Smith. Boo Smith. Oh, yeah. Easy first down. Uh, yeah. Missouri offense making it look easy at the beginning. Um, Mizzou added another field goal before KJ Jefferson had one of his first huge plays of the game. Uh, 60 yard, 68 yard touchdown to what's his first name? Traylon. Hmm. Traylon Burks. Two Traylons in this game for hmm. Arkansas. Making plays. Yeah, Burks had a massive day. Uh, but they so they tied the game at 13. They had missed the previous extra point on their oh, first yeah. touchdown, so that that factors back in mm. later in the game. Um, and 
the teams early just kind of went back and forth with touchdowns. It was obvious at that point there was going to be a shootout, and our predictions kind of went out the window. Everybody's predictions went out the window. Yeah, I think most people kind of thought we were looking at a defensive struggle, two really good defensive coordinators, teams that know each other, and you know offenses that can have spells where they just can't do anything and it was all offense yeah. pretty much all game i've been massively wrong in my like game predictions our last predictions have been pretty bad like lately. south carolina i thought that would be like a shootout it was like a defensive struggle and i thought vanderbilt game might be kind of close and that was not and then of course this game we thought would be a defensive battle and it was a complete shootout all right first real thing we gotta just take our time with and really break down and that is uh after a mizzou punt arkansas was driving when nick bolton late in the second quarter broke up a pass over the middle he was flagged for targeting the play was reviewed it was upheld ejected not to return for the rest of the game (laughs) yeah i mean i think everybody knows where we're going with this that was an absolutely atrocious call and i honestly like after seeing the replay i was like at peace that like okay well at least he will be able to stay in the game we're gonna get a bogus 15 yard penalty for this and an automatic first down but at least he'll be able to keep playing and somehow they looked at that on their like yeah. the screen the size of a Game Boy and were able to um, deem that that was that was targeting. Uh, their heads never touched. It was like a shoulder to the chest almost, and uh, it's just an utterly ridiculous call. Yeah. So live, I thought, well, that sucks. Yeah, you That's can targeting. Yeah. yeah. And then the first replay I saw, I thought, well, I don't know if their heads hit but i can tell from this angle at least there's no way to know because it they could have very easily it even though he hit him with the shoulder very easily the helmets could have hit mm-hmm. and that's a flag and i would have had no problem with it however the more you look at it from different angles you see that the closest their heads ever get to touching is when bolton just obliterates the guy and his head keeps moving forward because it didn't touch anything. Yeah, he, that guy was completely airborne. Yeah. <laughs> he got jacked up for sure. Yeah. So the play was upheld. Uh, Mizzou fans obviously very upset. The announcers live, they were kind of mixed on it, but they weren't really paying attention to that one angle that made it pretty obvious. I'm pretty sure the guy that threw the flag, actually threw the flag for the penalty, was not the person that was like right in front of the play. Right, and I feel like from where the flag was thrown, he had the best look at that angle that showed their heads never touched. Yeah. So that was really confusing. Yeah. Um, when they kicked it back to the studio and kind of got a reaction maybe around halftime, the studio guys were like, yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, however... I don't know if you saw this, but the SEC responded to the controversial call. And I have a quote from them. They just said, the player was determined to be in violation of NCAA Rule 914, which is as follows. Targeting and making forcible contact to the head or neck area of a defenseless, defenseless player. No player shall target and make forcible contact to the head or neck area of a defenseless opponent with the helmet, forearm, hand, fist, elbow, or shoulder. When in question, it is a foul. Shoulder? To the head or neck area, which didn't happen. Yeah. Defenseless player? I mean, do we really know what that is? I think if you're asking me, and I'm trying to put my impartial observer hat on. Of course. 
he made forcible contact to a defenseless opponent for sure. I'll go with you there 100%. He did it with his shoulder, but there was no contact to the head or neck area. That's where I stand on it. And there's been plenty of plays that Mizzou has made where I've said, well, yep, that's targeting. No question about that. He'll be out, whatever, the rest of the game or first half in the next game. This just wasn't one of those. Yeah. Well, at least he doesn't get to uh, miss any more time. Yeah. Um, he gets to play the full game against Georgia. Yeah, this was kind of weird. Like, I, I, you know, when we got to this point in the game, we got to halftime. I was not, like, feeling that great <clears throat> because, you know, not only were we losing at the time, but – uh, momentum had been kind of shifting against us and we just lost our best player and the game the game line the kind of storylines um were about nick bolton uh, yeah. you know a lot of them and oh yeah he just Missouri's best player felt like it didn't quite get his chance to um to to prove the doubters wrong. last home game most likely potentially most definitely um yeah arkansas obviously they scored one more time before halftime they took a 27 to 20 lead into the break and i was fuming well at this point it already felt like yeah i was i was very uh, um yeah. furious as well but at this point it just kind of felt like i'm not sure either team can stop each other right and we're down a touchdown and they get the ball after halftime and so i think that was one reason why i did not feel good about Kyle, did you we know were. that arkansas themselves were a victim apparently of a bad targeting call that left their star safety out of the first half against missouri i heard man a lot of arkansas fans were ready to say well we dealt with it too yeah like that was any kind of you know justification like okay kyle we've been dealing with some some fan bases lately arkansas fan base they're a different breed now we're going to talk a little bit about illinois their fan base on the basketball (laughs) side has been interesting to deal with on twitter and Man, all you can do is hope that your team wins in those situations because if they lose, you just have to be okay with just not saying anything and just moving on. Basically. And it's hard to do, and it's very frustrating to see these other fan bases uh, get to celebrate. Oh, man, I was like yeah that i mean that was part of the reason why i was so angry it was like we we're gonna lose this game like and we're gonna have to i'm gonna deal with the aftermath on twitter and i don't want to do that but we've been very fortunate the last few years like obviously we've beaten arkansas five times in a row we've beaten illinois two years in a row we haven't had to deal with with the aftermath in a while so hopefully that's not coming anytime soon right um mizzou defense though they kind of showed that they were maybe up for the challenge uh right at the beginning of the second half they did force a three and out um Unfortunately, though, Missouri's offense had to settle for yet another field goal. We'll get to the field goals in a minute. Uh, Harrison Mavis was spectacular in this game. But I just kept having this feeling like these field goals are going to come back to haunt us, not getting in the end zone at the end of these possessions. And we were talking about like eight to – one of these was a 14-play drive that ended in a field goal. And that's just kind of demoralizing from – fan standpoint but yeah it's amazing we scored 50 points in this game and we kicked so many field goals right yeah just couldn't finish in the red zone very often uh arkansas had two more touchdowns in the third quarter uh or one right at the beginning of the fourth quarter their second touchdown there made it 40 to 26 
with 13 minutes left in the game. And that was that I was, was not, feeling bad yeah, at that, that was, time. Mm, 40 to 26. Fourth quarter. And even though Missouri's offense had been successful, that's when I was just thinking like not having touchdowns here is yeah. killing us. And Arkansas not having to settle for field goals, even though they had, at the, I think at this point, now missed two extra points. <laughs> yeah. One of them was blocked, I think, or yeah. something. But their kicker was clearly struggling. Right. So even if Missouri had made a few stops on third down, there's a decent chance Arkansas is going for it with their kicker issues, and we'll see them go for something later. But uh, just when all hope began to fade, Bazelak hit the star of the fourth quarter, Damon Hazelton, for 29-yard gain. Then Tyler Beatty scored from 46 yards out, and they had a touchdown in just 34 seconds of game time. Yeah, they had to do that yes. to be able to get back in the game. And um, yeah, the fourth quarter defense for Arkansas was atrocious, or maybe it was just because Missouri's offense was so good. But uh, guys, I love Tyler Beatty. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, he, I mean, honestly, he saved this game by his explosive ability to just get in the end zone. He, he can score from anywhere, and he did that multiple times in this quarter. Yeah, uh, Tyler Beatty definitely overshadowed in this one, but it's just looking at his stat line, six carries for 79 yards and two touchdowns. That's efficient. And it, it's going to be actually kind I mean, well, we'll save it because we'll, we'll spotlight Roundtree in a sec because he has a, a huge play of his own coming up. Um, Arkansas, Missouri's defense forced an Arkansas punt. Mizzou scored another touchdown, uh, this time with a 32-yard completion to Hazleton and then a 25-yarder to Kiki Chisholm. That tied the game at 40. And that was really quick. <laughs> Missouri was right back in it, tied it up at 40, and they just kept going. Yeah. They got another stop. Jeffcoat got a sack on that drive. Um Mizzou just needed four plays this time, and this is where we get the 46-yard run from Roundtree and then a 25-yard touchdown by Beatty, and Missouri takes a seven-point lead. And what a turn of events. Oh, man. You go from, like, <clears throat> thinking, I know there were fans out there who would probably turn the game off, yeah. and if we weren't, if I wasn't going to have to come and talk about it with you, I may have been, like, close to that point where I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this off for mm, two minutes, and I'll turn it back on and see what's going on. <laughs> but... Yeah, they scored like 20-something unanswered points in like five or six minutes. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. So Roundtree, 27 carries for 185 yards and three touchdowns. Pretty nice encore after his 165-yard performance last week. He's just playing out of his mind right now. He really is, and it's so nice to have the offense, all the offensive line guys back, and everybody's just kind of working in sync right now. Uh, Missouri's offense can function pretty well and through the air and on the ground and so that's obviously really difficult to defend is um, they can kind of do everything well right now and uh, that was just baffling Arkansas in the second half or in the fourth quarter really of this game and I I don't know what happened in this game at some point um, Arkansas just decided they were done playing defense and obviously Grant Morgan got hurt so that helped quite a bit um, for Missouri's case but I mean Man, in the fourth quarter, Missouri was doing anything they wanted on yeah, offense. It was insane. Um, of course, uh, the good times were short-lived. Arkansas did answer back with a 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. They That drive pretty much had everything. They recovered their own fumble. They converted a fourth and one when they should have been stopped two yards short. 
I'm pretty the sure there marker. was like a should have been interception by somebody on that drive. Yeah, that might have come later. I don't know. Well, one one definitely comes later. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. So they have the opportunity to either tie the game with an extra point or go for two in the lead. And of course, I think everybody watching the game knew before they, gonna, they even scored. I yes. knew if they score, they're going for two, and yeah. they're probably going to get it. Right. And that's how this thing is going to unfortunately end. Although nobody could have predicted what actually happened here, uh, the pass was terrible. It literally bounces off of Jamal Brooks' hands and arms and body, and then right into the hands of Arkansas wide receiver Mike Woods, who had just scored the touchdown. I mean, aside from them, you don't see that very often. Like a team going for two <clears throat> with less than a minute to go in the game to, for the win, that's bold. Yeah. And, I mean, their kicker had been struggling all game, so it makes total sense. They had some momentum on that drive. They have been playing well on offense. It makes sense for Arkansas to just try and end the game right there. But, and, you, but that's such <clears throat> a huge play for them. I mean, if you don't get that, it's over. Over 100%, yeah. And – I can't think of a more Mizzou way for that game to end. If that's how it ended, if there was less time on the clock, Jamal Brooks, I mean, man, I, I, I have followed Jamal Brooks on Twitter for a long time. He's loved by his, by his teammates. He seems like just the greatest dude in the world. I would hate to see something like that happen where he, where the game is lost because of that play, because that would live in infamy for the rest of Missouri football history because of how, easy that interception should have been i mean it was just and it doesn't get any easier than yeah. that and what's crazy is he shouldn't have even been in the game oh, exactly i mean that's that's nick bolton's play yeah which i predicted <laughs> the, the nick bolton interception you did predict that and the refs took it from me that's true but uh and and also jamal brooks was in on the play that fourth down play where um arkansas converted even though he got first contact like two or three yards uh, in front of the line yeah he i mean he played well um or he played all right in in uh backing up nick bolton but i mean you can't nobody expected him to come out and be nick bolton but well sure but <sighs> that game should have ended right there yeah and when it didn't when i when that happened i was like on all fours on the ground <laughs> like i was just absolutely beside myself like you've got to be kidding me yeah like this is like this isn't happening yeah <laughs> yeah i couldn't believe that either now by this point my wife emily who is not super interested in sports she was watching because yeah. this was kind of a crazy ending to this game yeah and she she actually said i think she actually said like why didn't he did he ha did he need to catch it and i'm like well no but you know like intuitively you in just the moment catch it. Yeah. yeah i mean how do you most people if they're in that situation obviously if he catches it it's game over right if he bats it down it's game over right and the more natural thing to do is just catch it yeah it's kind of falling back yeah <sighs> what a play i gotta say i recovered i stood yeah. back up and I, I what was there 43 seconds left or something like that yep. and I think I even tweeted. We've got 43 seconds left. We've got Harrison Mavis. Yeah. Three we've, timeouts. We've got three timeouts. Arkansas has played abysmally yeah. on defense, and we've looked really good on offense. Yeah. This thing's not over. It's unlikely, but it's not over at all. And that, oh, that's one thing Emily actually said was, well, they got three timeouts. And I was like, yeah, you're right. 
They didn't even need those timeouts. No. They, I mean, they... This drive was incredible. They were down in field goal range in, like, 20 seconds of yeah. game time. And... They even ran a play when they didn't really need to. Right. Yeah, they ran the ball twice Yeah, here on this last possession. Um, immediately, Bazak hits Hazleton for 14-yarder. Then Bannister for 18 yards. Got it all the way down in two plays to the Arkansas 38-yard line with 26 seconds left. Then he hits Hazleton again for 12, Bannister again for 10. And just like that, we're at the Arkansas 17-yard line with 13 seconds left. Yeah. I mean, having timeouts is so huge here for multiple reasons, but it just – it doesn't – when you don't have timeouts, it limits what you can do on right. play calling. You have to throw to the sideline. you got to get out of bounds. So you're never really throwing to the middle of the field. And with timeouts, that's – And the defense a, knows that. Right. That's eliminated. Yeah. And so you don't, they can't just zero in on one specific right. play so, call. Right. Right. The, the fact that they, I said they didn't need the timeouts, but just having them, like you're saying, mm-hmm. allowed them to complete these sideline throws easier. Yeah. And I just want to spotlight Damon Hazleton here because he had, um, let's see here, 93 yards on the game, I think. And 87 of them came in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he and and Chisholm both really stepped up in this game. If you would have watched the fourth quarter of this game and you hadn't watched any other Mizzou football all year, you'd think these guys were like our superstars. You'd think that um, Bazelak had like 600 passing yards and they each had 200. (laughs) Yeah. Because they could just do whatever they wanted. Like if you didn't know the score. Yeah. I think both of those guys would probably agree that it's been a kind of a disappointing season for them individually. But, you know, Chisholm's really come on lately and Hazleton had a great game. Um, They kind of... Who were we need? They, they were who we needed them to be um, in the fourth quarter of this game. They've got that eligibility if they want to run it back. Mm, I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, let's give it another shot. Uh, so, yeah, like we said, they actually handed it off to Beatty one time uh, before bringing out Harrison Mevis for a 32-yard attempt to win the game. There was only three seconds left. The, the clock was stopped, so this was going to be it. There was going to be no time left, and he nailed it. Yeah, Arkansas iced him twice. Yeah, of course. which I hated. Holy oh, me too. I, I mean, my I was gosh. already about to throw up. Yes, and I was like pacing around my like I was house. I was livid at everything, the whole game. I was just <laughs> mad watching this game, and even when Missouri came back and took the lead and all that kind of stuff, even in this moment, You're still I was mad. Just every time they showed an Arkansas player or coach or just one of the referees. I just didn't have nice things uh, in my brain that I was thinking about them. Mm. And I regret it, honestly, a little bit. And I don't wish ill upon any of them. But, man, I was... Until I was, next year. I was not happy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll think happy thoughts about them since we won. We don't have yeah. to see them again for almost a year. Man, there's something about this team. It keeps it keeps getting me all choked up and stuff. Like, after we get a big win and I just, like, think about how far this team has come... And, you know, I think about guys like Bolton and Roundtree and their careers at Missouri and what they've accomplished. And I just start thinking all that stuff. And it's just it's crazy. And um, I'm, I'm glad we've got Coach Drinkwitz. I don't know about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, man, it's been an incredible season so far. I honestly feel like we could lose the next two games of the season and it would still be an overwhelming success. Yes. Like we just we have surpassed what anybody thought we could do. And, except for me um <laughs> we could still su- surpass that though. we still yeah i mean it, it's just it's crazy if you didn't know harrison mevis did make that last kick missouri won the game 50 to 48 
which is a score I don't think I, I saw anybody predict. I think the highest I saw, I, I saw somebody had um, Mizzou, somebody had Arkansas winning, some actual media type person had Arkansas winning like 35 to 24 or something. Yeah, I saw that a lot of highest. I saw a lot of Arkansas predictions for like SEC media type people mm-hmm. this week. So Harrison Mevis uh, finished the game five for five on field goals, a 51 yarder, his first one. And then obviously that shorter one, but with all the pressure in the world. And he, uh, he had a funny comment where he was asked about them icing him, taking two consecutive timeouts, which I feel like it should be like basketball. Like that's a penalty if that if you do that. But um, he said it just gave me a little bit of extra time to prepare. And he I can't remember his exact quote, but he thought he was better yeah, for he, it. Yeah, he knew he was going to make it before he, he said, went out there. He said, advantage me when a team does that. <laughs> I love it. The dude is so confident. Yes. Yeah, you don't see that from a freshman kicker very often. That's crazy. He's been phenomenal really all season. And uh, a guy that just kind of quietly did pretty much everything right is Connor Bazelak. Uh, another game where he played lights out with no touchdowns. Yeah, it's crazy. So he's like having a one of the better freshman quarterback seasons in Mizzou history. Yeah, they keep getting and, it down inside like the five or ten, yeah. and then Roundtree punches it in. Right. Yeah, I think he's got like I, I'd have to look it up, but it, he's got like six touchdowns and three interceptions on the season. Just, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but like in a, a lot of yards. Yes, in a lot of attempts. Mm-hmm. You, you'd think he had a third of the attempts that yeah. he has. Yeah. And he's up up over two thousand yards on the season. Um, but he was just, I don't know. Like I, I know it's like a, it's cliche and like redundant now. Like every announcing crew says it but he he ran the wishbone in high school no (laughs) (laughs) really you're gonna go into this he uh just he doesn't look like a freshman no like i he looks more dare i say he looks more poised in the pocket throwing the ball than drew lock ever did i knew you're gonna say it and i think i agree he like the mental part of his game is he's special yeah and He's so comfortable and just knows where to go with the ball, and um, he's clutch, man. He has uh, he's clutch in a way that Drew Lock never was at Mizzou, and Drew Lock, we've talked about it many times before. Video game numbers. He's clearly incredibly talented physically. Top five Mizzou quarterback all time. But just never conservatively could quite put together wins and like was not that great in in those really important moments right and Bazelak has been that so far Drew Locke would have four touchdown passes oh exactly yeah he would have thrown for four touchdowns 500 yards yeah and they you know and who knows what would have happened it's just crazy I mean I think a lot of that's probably coaching too if to some degree well the coaches have said that that's just kind of like his the way he goes about it is just like he's it's just very workmanlike like he doesn't get up or down and it reminds me of which this is an easy call it reminds me of james franklin just how he looked throwing the ball and i remember the the kind of like jarring transition from james franklin to maddie mock where (laughs) maddie mock had this much more like frantic looking style where he was rolling out everywhere and you know making spectacular plays yeah but it just looked more frantic right well he's kind of like drew lock in the way that they're always looking for the home run play yeah. all the time yeah and you know james franklin connor bays like a little more calculated yeah one uh, of my favorite things to see connor bays do is get the flea flicker pitched back to him 
and then throw it to the underneath receiver. Yeah. Like, you never see He's that. wide open. That play is designed, obviously, for this home run hit. And for a quarterback to for it to be that smooth of a, of a play on the front end, the quarterback's like, well, we got this far. I got to take the deep shot, right? Mm-hmm. I, like the, I can't imagine going through that play, it being successful, and then not launching the ball as far as you can. Yeah. And he just looks up, sees, yep, they got that covered. Well, this guy's wide open. I'll yep. hit him and we'll, instead. We'll take the 30-yard gain. That's incredible. Yeah. It makes me so happy to know that we are in good hands at the quarterback position, the most important position on the field for potentially three, four more seasons. And, you know, at some point we're going to have to talk about the other quarterbacks in the room because we're we're still recruiting quarterbacks, and there's a lot of talented guys that are going to be in that quarterback room. So I'm not sure that it's just Bazelak's job for the next four years no matter what, but if it is, is, I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah. And Bazelak talks like he's going to be here for five seasons. Yeah, I love in it. In total. Like, he's like, oh, I get another freshman year next year. So it's, it's insane. Be, yeah. You'll be seeing a lot of me. Yeah. Uh, did you think it was ironic that, um, maybe not even ironic, or just uh, we expected it, but uh, Barry Odom's defense completely fell apart at the end of this game? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining it in reverse, though. And it's like, yeah, well, this is what would have happened the other way around probably you know two years ago yeah like i could just see it it just made sense that missouri was able to make that comeback and just shred them the entire fourth quarter where but i could easily have seen arkansas doing the same to missouri last year two years ago i would have paid a lot of money to be a fly on the wall in that press in that like little room that the defensive coordinators were up in the, the press box oh yeah as that collapse was happening in the, at the end of that game and i would love to see barry odom's reaction to uh how that game ended it's brutal well they were without their safety their big their big time safety in the first half and then they're they're uh there you go there you go the baddest guy uh grant morgan yeah you know he was he got hurt so yeah there you go and they were historically bad five, in the last five years. Yeah. There's reasons for these things. Kyle. That's true. Um, one thing I wanted to say just about Coach Drinkwitz um, before we move on to something else. Um, one thing I've noticed about him this year uh, a couple of times, I really noticed it in this game, <clears throat> is that he does something so well, and that's that he uses formations they've run this year and kind of he knows that other play other teams are going to study them on film and what they've done on offense and he uses that to our advantage by doing kind of lining up in formation and then doing something completely different with it that we've done earlier in the season and he he just understands the the long game so well of the Mm -hmm. season where you know he doesn't just blow everything on on one play you know he's able to use that later in the season because there's a one specific play where i where elijah young's on the field He's lined up out wide. He starts running like he's going to get a reverse. And earlier in the season, I think we've handed it off to him um, for a couple of different times, and he's got a nice gain on it. And they ran that play a couple of different times in this game. Elijah Young lines up wide, starts running towards the quarterback like he's going to get it on a reverse, and they the defense kind of starts stacking to that side because they know he's getting the ball because he's not on the field that much. Right. And so when they see number four on the field – start running like he's going to get reverse they just know that's what's going to happen but they didn't they handed it off they faked the handoff to mm-hmm. him and and gave it to roundtree and roundtree had two huge gains and one of them was a touchdown yeah. where he had nobody in right. front of him and i just love that 
Coach Drinkwitz is just thinks that way, mm-hmm. and he knows that he, they're going to be scouted. He knows that Arkansas knows exactly what to expect, and he just was able to trick them uh, yeah. by kind of using past um, plays and formations they run in other games. And um, I'm sure that's I probably— I feel like that's also true of the Boo Smith play where usually when it's him, they fake it to him, mm-hmm. and they almost always hand it off to Roundtree. So mm-hmm. then a couple of times this season they've given it to him, yeah. and it's been a huge play. And I think it helps a lot in the passing game. I mean, this goes right back into what we were saying about Bazelak. That's I don't I think it'll be hard for Drinkwitz to trust another quarterback the way he does Connor Bazelak because of just like what I was saying, how unless he's just drilling that into him that for example on the flea flicker, unless he's drilling it into him, this underneath guy is gonna be open more often. I feel like you would have to focus on that so much in preparation for a quarterback not to just automatically take the take the deep shot every time. And I have a feeling that if Drinkwitz tried to make a change at quarterback ever, that I don't know. You'd have to go through those growing pains again right. of, of a new guy wanting right. to make the home run play all the time or something. And it just seems like Bazelike has that instinct to be able to kind of dissect the play and see what's going to work. Yeah. And if he can just, you know... I, I mean, I feel like I'm asking a lot here because he's so good already, but if he can just shore up his accuracy on some intermediate throws a little bit, yeah, and maybe that's, you know, some of that, you never know how much of that's on a wide receiver on a given play, but there's just a few plays every game where he's just not quite on the same page, and that's going to happen sometimes, but, you know, getting 25% better there would yeah. be just monumental. Right. And again, I don't. Uh, I guess I will go back to Drew Lock just to make one more comparison. And I don't want to destroy Drew Lock here because you know obviously we're huge fans and he did incredible things at Mizzou. But um, one other thing that he's not on the table. Coincidence? Wow, that's wow. We're really turning we really our back do on hate him. him. <laughs> um, one thing that I think Bazelak also does better is you know I, I think Drew Lock a lot of the times knew where he's going to throw the ball before he even hiked the ball, and and. That's something that Bazelak clearly does not do. I think he does a good job looking off the safety, kind of goes through his reads and his progressions, and he finds the open guy. And Drew Lock, I don't think he did that very much, especially early on. Well, I don't think Hypel made him do that. No. I think Hypel instructed him, to. Th- you're going to throw it to this guy on this play. Yeah, you're not going to read the field. <laughs> I, part of me thinks that Drew was like, all right, fine by me. Yeah, and it was, yeah. I'm just looking over the stats real quick to see if there's anything else we need to point out. Um Obviously, Bolton being gone for the second half is a huge deal, but Missouri's defense didn't look great even before he was gone. Um, They got faked out completely a handful of times on that fake pitch, but then the same guy takes the handoff. That was ugly a few times. Um, Traylon Smith, the running back that we kind of talked about in the preview, obviously he's their go-to guy now with uh, Rakeem Boyd gone. Uh, 26 carries for 172 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, we got carved up in the second half for sure. That that was a, a glaring concern that I was kind of able to see past because we won the game. But, yeah, I mean, we have to play infinitely better on defense um, going forward if we want to have a chance to, uh, to beat Georgia or Mississippi State. Speaking of going forward and playing Georgia, after the Arkansas game, Missouri is now 5-3 and three on the season, and they have a nice, new, fresh – number 25 ranking Mm. in the college football playoff rankings beautiful Connor Bazelak was named SEC freshman of the week again 
Harrison Mevis was named SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. I thought you might say again. I was hoping. I don't know. If he, I don't know if that's multiple though. <laughs> I didn't fall for your tricks. Um, is basically like, who else is out there like for SEC Freshman of the Year? Uh, I have no idea. Off the top of my head, I don't know. <laughs> Probably somebody. Probably some. Baselike should be on the short list for that. I think, uh, was LSU's tight end who's potentially looking around a freshman? I, I've heard he might transfer away from LSU. I don't know. He could be a freshman. That's Eric, possible. Eric something. I don't know. Eric something could be a freshman. Research department. Anyway, uh, number 25, Mizzou, now takes on number nine, Georgia. We get them at home in Columbia. A uh, little bit about Georgia. Georgia is 6-2 and two in the season. Their only losses to Alabama and Florida. I got a nice little juicy stat here for you. Okay. In those two losses, the average score, obviously, doesn't favor Georgia. But the average score in those two losses is 42-26. to 26. It's pretty bad. Now, in their six wins, those came over Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. Average score in those games, 33 to 13. Mm. So in wins, they're, they're outscoring their opponent by 20. In losses, they're getting outscored by about 15. So in other words, they're, they're giving up 42 points. They're losing to good teams and beating bad teams that are bad. Yeah. I mean. Have they had a close game this year? No. Or is really. everyone, they've, they've won big and lost big? Yeah. They. Their closest game was to Kentucky, I think. They actually... Uh, 14 to 3. That's interesting. They actually really struggled in the first half against Arkansas earlier this year, but they had a different quarterback at that yeah. time. Yeah, we'll get to the quarterback situation here. Uh, Mississippi State, 31 to 24 was the final on that one. That was just two weeks ago. But I think, really? that, was, uh, I think that was new quarterback's first hmm. start. So it's been a wild year for Georgia quarterbacks. Wake Forest transfer Jamie Newman was supposed to be the starter. Mm. And they got a new offensive coordinator. It's going to be more high-powered, throw the ball around, uh, score a bunch of points. But then Newman opted out and decided he was just going to prep for the NFL, which just completely derailed anything they had going on offense. And I can't imagine being in that situation where you've got a guy, he was a transfer, you're kind of – I mean, imagine Missouri going and getting Kelly Bryant – and then he just opts out. Was that the guy they had at first who struggled in the first half of? No. Okay. He never played. Gotcha. So then they went with a combination of two guys named Stetson Barrett, sorry, Stetson Bennett and Dewan Mathis. They combined to complete under 55% of their passes for nine touchdowns and nine interceptions yeah. in a handful of games. <clears throat> Didn't look good. Quarterback situation was ugly. But then, uh, they have another guy on their roster. Sure enough, Georgia <laughs> has a USC transfer, former blue chip recruit, JT Daniels, who was rehabbing an injury, but then he was back ready to go. And he is completing 70% of his passes thrown for six touchdowns and just one interception in, I think, just two games. Yeah, he's been pretty good. So they've got a guy now. And of course they do. They're going to be totally fine. <laughs> Four-stringer. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had to resort to their four-string, former five-star quarterback uh, transfer from one of the most storied programs in the country, and they'll be just fine, I think. Um, and, of course, being Georgia, they can run the ball. They've yeah. got 
what did I write down here? Five players with 25 plus carries, and the worst among them averages over four yards per carry. Yeah, that's easily the most frightening thing about this game is uh, Missouri could not stop Traylon Smith yeah. last week, and Georgia's is so far superior in the run game than Arkansas is. So that's terrifying for sure. Have Nick Bolton back, though. That is true. He's due for a nice 15-tackle uh, game. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I've been pretty pessimistic, Kyle, privately to you regarding Missouri's chances in this game. I think uh, kind of like what we were just saying. I mean, if, if Arkansas can put up nearly 50, even with Nick Bolton, are we going to? You think we're going to hold Georgia under 30 points? I don't see it. I don't know, man. Sometimes the, the transitive property just doesn't work in college football, and weird stuff happens, and game plans are different. And um, Just because we couldn't stop Arkansas doesn't mean we can't stop Georgia. It probably means that, but it doesn't necessarily mean it for sure. I do think that Georgia, and I think I said this last week, Georgia is a little bit more vulnerable, vulnerable this year than they've been in, in previous years. Um, you know, their defense is still excellent. I'm not sure it's superior like it has been, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it, they're still great in the, uh, you know, in stopping the run game. Um, they are great on the ground, like we said, but you know, I, I think that Missouri can potentially take advantage of, of the quarterback situation. Um, he's been pretty good, but I, I think Missouri's defense can present challenges for him and he's inexperienced. Yeah. You, you almost have to, if I'm Missouri's defense, obviously I'm no defensive coordinator but i gotta just sell out to stop the run all game i think so yeah and just tell the the defensive backs like hey you gotta just do your best out there and we're gonna try to get some pressure and stop the run i agree sometimes you may have to sacrifice a little bit pass pass rush to make sure you kind of hold the gaps and and main and kind of contain but i i think that's what you do i think you have to sell out to stop the run because that's what georgia does really well and, and if Georgia decides that they're going to take some shots down the field, then let them try it. Yeah, make the quarterback beat you. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Georgia's run defense. They hold opponents to an average of 75 yards per game on the ground. So Missouri coming off of... They never played Larry Roundtree this that's year. That's true. And they don't know how good Tyler Beatty is. Ooh. So, But that duo has been unstoppable yeah. the last couple of games. It will be interesting to see uh, Larry Roundtree, um, who's been phenomenal the last you know three or four weeks go against um a defense that's really really solid so um i think it'll be i think it'll be a great matchup i i don't you know think that missouri's gonna win i think that they'll be competitive hopefully for in the first half and georgia will will, not hopefully georgia will probably pull away in the second half but you know both of these teams have kind of had an up and down season a little bit and they've been inconsistent at times and Georgia's blown people out and had close games that just don't make sense. And Missouri's kind of done the same. I'm not sure very many outcomes in this game surprise me. If Georgia blows us out <clears throat> by four touchdowns, I'm not surprised whatsoever. If Missouri squeaks out a win, I'm not sure I'm shocked either, but I definitely don't expect it. Um, Missouri's offense being super successful would be a surprise. Yeah. A welcome one. A welcome one. Uh, but it would be a surprise. I just think that they've shown enough this year that against a good defense, they are prone to struggle. Yeah. And yeah, they've they taken could, advantage of bad defenses. Yeah. yeah. And they've been mediocre against pretty decent defenses. So 
That's a good point. Um, I don't know. I've got Georgia winning this one. We'll go with 42 to 28. That's like almost exactly how Georgia Georgia score when they lose. Oh, but you got to flip it around there. True. Um, I'm I'm leaning more towards Georgia's in Georgia's six wins. They win thirty three to thirteen. So I'm thinking something like thirty five to seventeen. Hey, maybe one of us will get close. Yeah, and neither one of us will get close if Missouri wins. <laughs> So we'll take hopefully that. Hopefully, we're both very wrong. <laughs> Just for kicks, yes. I averaged the Missouri score against Alabama and Florida, and it's thirty-nine and a half to eighteen. So it's not that far off from yeah. what George's is. <clears throat> interesting, interesting. Thank you for that. Thank you, research, research department. department. Yeah, wow. that was great. Okay, so unfortunately. It's gonna be a tough game, but winning, winning streak might come to an end. But that doesn't, you know, I, I doesn't. I don't care what happens in this game. Nothing can take away the great this, thing. This the season. The best part is we still get to play Mississippi State. Yeah, we we'll hopefully get to finish the. Well, we might play bowl game too, but we might mm. get to finish the regular season on a win. But yeah, this is gonna be a tough one. I'd open. I was hoping we'd finally play Nebraska in a bowl game, but I guess everybody's eligible. That is true. You never know. Extra practices. Okay, Kyle. We got to uh, this is a, this is gonna be a heck of an episode. We're we're rolling here, and we still have a lot to get to. We didn't even have to even talk about news. No, uh, we've got news, and we have to pick some games, uh, and then we have to talk about basketball. Holy! I pr- I'm saying this out loud so that I am forced to do it. There's gonna be timestamps in this episode. That's a great idea. So you can zip around to the content you most want to get to. It's such a long episode. It's a great idea that this one will be. Uh, early signing period is fast upon us. It will come and go most likely before we talk again. Yep. Um, and then we also have just some specific Mizzou football news. Let me get those out of the way real quick. Adam Sparks, we knew before the Arkansas game, he opted out of the rest of the season. He's not in the transfer portal. I don't get it, to he, be honest. Yeah. And honestly, we're a little bit short on quarterbacks this week because Jarvis Ware's hurt. Yeah. Uh, and something happened to somebody else. But uh, Adam Sparks would probably play yeah. quite a bit this week, and he is opting out. Trey Williams is transferring. And I don't get that either. He literally walked with the seniors against Arkansas, was, was celebrated with the seniors, and he's going to play somewhere else next year. He's going to use that last that extra year he of was like a st- he's getting a, He was like a starter. Yeah. I have no idea. And then uh, two players out versus Georgia due to COVID-19 contract contact tracing. We don't know who they are. Hopefully we never know who they are because it doesn't matter because we, they wouldn't have played anyway. Connor Bazelak and Nick Bolton. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, at least we probably weren't going to beat Georgia anyway. There you go. <clears throat> get, to see, get to see what Brady Cook can do. Uh, yeah, so early signing period. We're going we're gonna to see some fireworks, Kyle. Yeah, we are. It's going to be a fun one. You know, sometimes uh, signing day is a little boring, and last year I think it was kind of one of those times where everybody signed and we didn't really flip anyone, and I think we had a random running back, like, follow Barry Odom to Arkansas, and so that was like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. Um, This year I think it's going to be different. I think it's going to be pretty exciting, and I think a lot of things are going to go Mizzou's way this time. We already are – I'm already in love with this class. 
Oh man, it's um, great. And then you see some developments. You see some. You see some stuff on twenty four seven sports like um, East St. Louis wide receiver Dominic Lovett get a crystal ball disc. He's he's a hard commit. It says right at the top of my screen here to the Arizona State Sun Devils. He did that back in September. However, crystal ball predictions one hundred percent Missouri. And, a, and a, they are confident, highly confident, with an 8 out of 10. Something switched in the last few days with uh, Dominic Lovett. And like you said, four-star uh, wide receiver from East St. Louis and teammate of Tyler Macon. And uh, who's going to sign with uh, Mizzou. And, you know, whenever he committed to Arizona State, uh, it kind of felt like, well, it was one of those ones where he just kind of said, long way to go. And that seems a little out of that seems a little strange, but um, I don't think this one's completely over. And so to hear that, you know, s- something has changed. Whether it, you know, I heard maybe his mother wanted him to be a little bit closer to home. Uh, whatever it is, he wanted. He decided he wanted to to team up with Tyler Macon, which seemed like what was going to be the plan all along anyway. Right. Whatever happened, um, it doesn't really shock me. And uh, it doesn't matter to me. What it happened? doesn't matter. I'm <laughs> I'm really happy. He's a incredible playmaker. He's a he's a burner. He's got great hands. Um, he's he's kind of the total package, and it, it's exciting. Anything else uh, for the for the twenty twenty one class that we need to be aware of? Uh, a couple of um, names to watch. Well, uh, Dante Balfour is a cornerback from Florida. He's down to Auburn and Mizzou. Um, so he's I'm not sure exactly when he's announcing. Uh, it might be signing day, but keep an eye out for that. That's a Pretty strong cornerback uh, um, prospect. Um, and then uh, just earlier today, I read on Twitter that Coach Drinkwitz specifically said that they've got about five players they're really trying to add to this class, and whether that be uncommitted guys or guys are trying to flip. So there's clearly like several people out there that we will know about probably in the next week that we don't know now. Um, Let's see here. Oh, yeah, and if they don't get those five guys, they'll hit the transfer market, which I'm assuming they they probably will have to do that for at least a couple positions. That's yep. pretty normal yep. uh, whenever you're um, getting started somewhere. Um, Isaac Thompson. Oh, second, yeah. Second guy of the uh, 2022 class. Four-star safety um, from St. Louis. Uh, that was a huge commitment. We kind of knew around the time that he was announcing that Mizzou had a pretty good shot there. We we discussed it on here when you when uh, the commitment was coming up, mm-hmm. and we were kind of thinking, think good. Oh yes, I remember now. This, it was down to Michigan and Missouri, yeah. and yeah. we knew John Harbaugh wouldn't be able to close the deal. Yeah, yeah, good one. If you know, you know. Good one. Yeah. Um, anyways, that, that's a huge commitment, and obviously, I think that's one of the. I think that is probably the highest rated recruit of the Drinkwitz era so far. Um, and not only is that just if you're just looking at it like, yeah, it's a great player coming to Mizzou, but that's so good for the perception in the state um, of making it kind of like cool to go to Mizzou again. You know, the, the, the top players in the state, um, there seems to really be a trend around going and playing for the home state. And we haven't seen that in a really long time. And uh, I really think that uh, Isaac Thompson's going to be able to get some other um, really talented players on board, and he specifically mentions uh, Xavier Nwanka, Nwanka from Iowa, and uh, Toriano Pride from Lutheran North as as guys he wants to to bring along with him, and they're both like four star cornerbacks. So, um, I I believe the 2022 class 
will be unlike anything we've seen at Mizzou in a while. And just mixed with the the hype around Mizzou in the state and the talent um, in that class is unbelievable. And so that it, I really think it could be incredibly exciting. Isaac Thompson, uh, you mentioned his rating uh, b- being the highest of the Drinkwitz era. Uh, I was just comparing it to Travion Ford. Travion Ford, 208th in his class nationwide. Mm-hmm. And that's a, the, the number one player in the 2021 class from Missouri. Mm-hmm. Isaac Thompson's 160. Yeah. So that's a, a noticeable step yeah. uh, towards the top of the rankings. Uh, yeah, Isaac Thompson had like 35 offers <laughs> of just – top tier programs yeah. in the country he could have truly have gone anywhere uh one guy 20 one 2022 guy that's committing soon is arlen harris mm-hmm. jr uh running back is he, he's from st louis as well right i believe so um he's kind of had an interesting recruitment uh 24 7 sports had him 100 percent to iowa very recently and then that switched to stanford but they also consider they they've got all of, of his top five as um like warm hmm. on his recruiting trail. Yeah, I'm not sure as much on that one um, where he's going to end up. It seems like, like you said, it's been a little bit more all over the place, mm-hmm. a little more unpredictable, but we'd like to have him. You ready to switch gears to basketball? No, we got to pick some games. <laughs> pick some games. Psych. Nebraska, coming through for me. Uh, I think you, I think you might have locked it up this past week no i have no idea <laughs> how many weeks do we even have left Ooh, two yeah two, I, Missouri has two games and left. don't forget bonus weeks yeah sec championship game there you go 20 Alrighty. points for a win <laughs> oh, shoot. i've just been biding my time joe button Alrighty. whatever week it is you guys ended up kyle with five points cameron with four um. Ooh, sorry. Already noticed an error. Kyle got six points. Oh. Stop the count. Oh, you said. <laughs> Kyle has fifty-one. Cameron has forty-seven. I feel like our percentage is great of picking games this year. I feel like we've just been yeah. we've been killing it. Yeah, we should have been betting the money line on all of these. Mm. Yeah, pick the winner. What make money? You disagree? No, I don't disagree. <laughs> All right, <laughs> just staring blankly <laughs> at you. I agree. <laughs> All right, game number one. Number one, Alabama at Arkansas. Alabama is a thirty-two point favorite. Alabama. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, I'll take Alabama. Well, you Al- Alabama. Brama. <laughs> okay, we want Brama. All right. <clears throat> game number two. Tennessee at. Vanderbilt. Tennessee is a 16-point favorite. I guess Tennessee. I guess. Give me JG. I don't think he is their quarterback anymore. I don't know or care. (laughs) (laughs) LSU at number six, Florida. Florida is a 23-point favorite. 23. Wow. That's a big number. I wish LSU would win that. Florida's already got uh, the East locked up. Yep. I might be sleepwalking. Mm. <laughs> I'll take Florida. Well, give me Florida. <laughs> Auburn at Mississippi State. Auburn is a six and a half point favorite. That's throwing me off because I don't know what what game number this is. Four. 
Okay. That was throwing you off. Okay. Yeah, I agree. It's good to know. Now I know who I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Auburn because Mississippi State is fraudulent. They're fraudulent, so they're actually good? Because everybody thinks they're bad. I'll take Auburn. <laughs> good point. Mississippi State was ranked 16th after they beat They LSU. were fraudulent earlier this year. Now oh, they're yeah. just bad and everyone knows it. Yes. That's all the SEC games. Did we disagree on anything? No. No. We're boring. He's like so (laughs) bad. The spreads are so big. Yeah. It's so dumb. The last like four weeks it's been like that. SEC is a little top heavy. Missouri's in the top. Oh, yeah. They're not the heavy part, though. (laughs) No. no. All right. uh, Minnesota at Nebraska. Nebraska is a... Ten and a half point favorite. What's Minnesota's what? record? I thought Minnesota was decent. I thought they rode the boat. No. That was a thing. Rode the boat. Row the, Row boat. the boat. Okay. Okay. I yeah, thought they I, did it past tense. I got. I got you. You put a you put a past tense D on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought you meant like they rode on it. No, no, no. They row it, and they rode it previously. Yeah, they did. Yeah. What's his face? Uh, Matty Mock trucked that guy. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> I, th- I was asking you what the coach's name was. And you said Matty Mock. Uh, uh, I, I knew know. what you were asking. I can't think of it though. Me either. Minnesota's two and three. Two and three. The Big Ten is a mess. <laughs> so okay. Dumb. They've uh, all they've played a combined seventeen games. All right. Give me Minnesota. Okay, I'll take Nebraska. Nebraska's at home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota's winning that. <laughs> how many? How many? What's Nebraska's record? Two and four. Ten point favorite. Don't take the points. Don't take the points. He says. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, go Nebraska. Go Gophers. Golden Gophers. Oh yeah, they're golden. Mm. All right. Now can we talk basketball? Please. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I don't want to because we have to talk about the results of our three-on-three draft poll, where I got destroyed, and Kyle's just loving every minute of it. Because he planned this all out, folks. Let me tell you about it. Back to back. Back to back? Did you win last year? I don't know. I have no, no idea. Smith, Probably Smith, not. Smith and Smith? No. Smith, Smith. <laughs> yeah, they lost. Okay, Smith, Smith's, that's true. Uh, the law anyway, firm didn't win. Continue. Uh, I picked Torrance Watson, and I think Kyle had inside scoop knowledge that he was just really not going to be a part of the game plan yeah, this it's year. It's called watching last season. Okay. <laughs> Shots fired. Um <laughs> And he waited till two games in, to, or four games in, however many, to post the poll when Torrance Watson basically hasn't played. And I don't think he's even taken a shot. That's not true. But yes, producer Cameron, Missouri Sports Podcast. So, something would be, it'd be interesting if we did the poll at the end of the season, but you guys pick at the beginning. So everyone would have all the knowledge of the players over the season. Well, that's a thought. We'll, we'll have to see. What was the final result of the poll? I don't know. <laughs> it was bad. Let me look really quick. Yeah. Can you stall? Yes. It's tainted. Can you like sing a little song? I had anyway. I had Drew Smith, Torrance Watson, Jeremiah Tillman, which is an unbeatable squad. Yes. We should figure out a way. Are you ready? I am. All right, go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, 182 votes. Uh, Kyle received 64% of the votes. Dang. We should find a way, some kind of... Algorithm. Yeah. That's probably another word to use there. Uh, Bart Torvik could probably help us. Yeah. Basically make a point system for each player, and then at the end of the season, 
figure out a way to actually yeah. have some kind of score. I think Bart Torvik has already done it for us, and hmm. we can use his well, uh, abilities. But I like where your head's thanks at. Thanks to him. Yeah. Mark Smith. He loves Mark Smith. Bart Torvik does. Uh, all right. Before we really start recapping these games, um, I need to let everybody know. We need to let everybody know. We got bad news. No Bass Pro Tournament of Champions in the year 2021. And that is exceptionally abysmal because Kickapoo was going to be in it, and they have two Mizzou commits. And Desmet was going to be in it, and they have a Mizzou commit, although he's hurt. So he wasn't going to play anyway, but he'd probably been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we were going to get to interview Yaya Kita, Anton Brookshire, Dervan Bazil. It was, <laughs> was going to be great. But it's very sad. Yes. Uh, after all the near misses, if you paid attention to any of our Tournament of Champions coverage, you know uh, we've been heartbroken a few times by just the way that things are falling with uh, Mizzou commits or non-commits being there, missing out on commits after their team was there. That kind of stuff. Having to watch EJ Liddell be really good. Yes. EJ Liddell. <laughs> um, yeah, so now don't lose all hope. Since Anton Brookshire is local, we'll, we'll maybe see what we can do. They can come back for another year of eligibility at Kickapoo. Yes, I've heard that that's likely. <laughs> Except not at all. Uh, all right. No Tournament of Champions. Sad news. But I just needed to fill everybody in on that. Nice. Aminu Muhammad was going to be there. It's going to be great, great showing. Well, let's talk about Mizzou basketball and how they are off to a 4-0 and start after two more wins against Wichita State and Liberty. And I, I want to point out, I did predict three wins at the end of our episode last week. I said, we'll see you next week after three wins. Yeah, you did. Very quietly, so that nobody would know that I said it if they lost. Thanks. Um, any kind of top-level thoughts on this Mizzou team that's 4-0? Um... I you know obviously they've played really well. Um, they've they've won in different ways, <clears throat> which I think is good to see. Tillman has been pretty solid and consistent, which is what we need. You know I, he's just kind of gone out there and quietly gets about ten and ten a game, playing and, a lot of minutes, eating up those minutes. Yeah. Um, Penson really struggled in one of these games. I think with Wichita State, where he just had like he only scored like one bucket from the field. And uh, it bounced back with a good performance against Liberty. So um, he's lost his shot from deep all of a sudden. Yeah, over Which his last ten. I knew that could probably happen. Like th- that's really. I still don't really know that that's his strength or like what we want him to do. You know, he, I think he uh, he creates offense by you know driving and getting to the basket and mm-hmm. um, making great passes and that kind of stuff. You know, he obviously can shoot from three, and he's he did it very well against Oregon maybe or who, earlier in the season. But, uh, yeah, he, he's not been shooting very well the last couple of games. Yeah, uh, 0 for 7 from 3 against Wichita State. The rest of the team, 6 for 13. So it, It's truly like Mark Smith carrying us from the, in the three-point shooting game right now. Um, the rest of the team, unfortunately, kind of looks like they did last year, just inefficient and um, not – making shots consistently from three but mark smith has been phenomenal yeah drew drew's doing okay um but those two they're definitely carrying the scoring load with with penson struggling a little bit um drew drew is at 42 percent from three but mark smith 52 percent from three that's nuts yeah so probably looking at some regression there eventually but there's still plenty of room to be above 40 percent yeah and i mean he's been scoring from 
more than just the shooting the three this yeah. year too he's been getting to the basket and um, pr- making the defense guard him in different yeah. levels in so. the free throw line a little bit yeah um both drew smith and mark smith are playing over 80 percent of their available minutes and that's something that we just haven't been able to see from mark smith because of injuries i mean he has topped out at around 50 percent just because he's missed so much time uh, with injuries over the years mm-hmm. so getting a full season out of him playing 30 minutes a game is going to do wonders for this offense i think yeah and i mean i don't want to jinx it but i don't believe in that so um a full season of Conzo and the staff having all the guys they expect that they expect to have and they expect to lean on for a full season that's just they literally just haven't had it in three seasons in Missouri and to have that this year will just be I don't know. I think this team can maybe live up to some of the hype that we're seeing right now, even though the SEC will be a challenge. Um, getting back into these last two games, though, we were, we were talking about annoying fan bases and just kind of annoyances in sports in general. This Liberty game was one of the most annoying things I've ever watched in my life. It was awful. And, Kyle, I don't know if you know, we have to go to Virginia to play Liberty next year. Why do they do that? That's a head scratcher of a, of a scheduling uh, situation there. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Uh, but I guess we'll worry about that next year yeah. because next year is going to be a totally different team than they've got now. Right. Uh, yeah, Liberty definitely presented some challenges that we haven't really seen this this year, uh, like kind of schematically. Um, they we just ma- we didn't really match up that well with them, and they have five players that can all shoot really well, and they were moving around a lot at the beginning of this game. Like I, uh, Tillman looked like he was on skates early yeah. on in they the were game. bringing him out to the perimeter every yes. single possession. And he, yeah, and he could not guard them out at the yeah. perimeter. Um, yeah, it, it, presented, it presented some challenges for sure. Their uh, point guard, McGee, I think his name was, he was just kind of like knifing in there. He was doing a little bit of a Xavier Pinson impression yeah. where he was just getting to the rim in weird ways. And yeah, they just kept they just kept pulling Tillman out and that would just clear up the middle. And yeah, they were getting to the bucket in creative ways. Yeah. Missouri got better in the second half. They kind of, um, you know, made their rotations a little bit sharper. They got to the ball faster on some closeouts and, uh, that made all the difference. Um, the final score of that Wichita state game on the road, I might add was uh, 72 to 62. And then the final score of the Liberty game at home was 69 to 60. Um, Liberty just, I think, I mean, they're the only good team. They're the only even remotely good team in their conference. They're going to be favored in every single conference game and the majority of them by double digits. They are almost a sure thing NCAA tournament team, um, even in, even out of a one bid league. So they're going to rack up a lot of wins. And I think it's possible that this win looks better it's likely that it looks better at the end of the season than it does right now. Um, and Liberty helped out a lot by knocking off two SEC teams earlier in the season. So mm-hmm. they're they're not they're a decent program. Yeah, and they probably would have been in the twelve thirteen range of the uh, seeding of the NCAA tournament last year. And I'm pretty sure they were in it two years ago too. So mm-hmm. uh, they they're, they're a decent program, and that was definitely like a sneaky tough game. And I'm I'm really glad we emerged. Such an annoying style, though. Just like. I don't know. It was not fun to watch. The announcers at one point were like, I don't want to call them slow. Like, they're not necessarily slow. And, like, I think it was Sunvold that was like, 
they're not slow. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're absolutely slow. Like, like slowest five teams in the country, according to Ken Palm, <laughs> adjusted tempo. Yeah, they're very, very calculated, that's mm. for sure. Yeah. I, and I feel like, honestly, they when Conzo Martin watches tape of Liberty, he's probably like, Oh yeah, this is my type of team. You know, like he, he yeah, like, he's probably like, Oh no, we got to play these guys. Yeah. But he, <laughs> I, I honestly think he probably really respects the X's and O's of it Yeah, because you can win a lot of games by perfecting that style. I mean, that's what a Virginia has just, that's their bread and butter. Yeah. Um, Anything about those two games particular, you know, anything that stand out to you? Any, um, I, I want to talk about the rotations here in a minute, but I do want to point out that I, uh, perfectly guessed the margin of victory against Wichita state as 10 points. And I almost had it against Liberty. I projected like an 11 point win and it mm. was nine, I think, or something. But Very well done. I was just making up for those bad, uh, really proud of my football predictions. Yeah. There you Score go. predictions. Yeah. <laughs> um, good to see Missouri win on the road against Wichita State. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's another big win that before the season started, I wasn't sure we were going to pull that one off. Yeah. So rotations. Um, it seems like it's pretty locked in, and it's kind of weird to see Missouri like just have such a solid identity this early in the season because last year we were talking about how Conzo Martin was playing like 12 guys, and you know a majority of them were getting – too many minutes and mm-hmm. they were he's had seasons where he's like subbing guys out every two minutes and it's just kind of a revolving door yeah i i've always wondered why they do that and it's like he's just kind of trying to see who's hot today and yeah. throw everybody out there and let it, him get a chance it always settles you know but it just seems like it settles so late in the season mm-hmm. that potentially it's it has cost you maybe a couple wins in the non-conference or early conference season and you just kind of need to figure out what's going to work a lot faster typically yeah and a part of that is tillman being able to stay in the game yeah. but i love that they're just kind of going with seven or eight guys who are giving them the best minutes yeah so those seven uh so far in these four games have been drew smith xavier Pinson, mark smith kobe brown jeremiah tillman then off the bench javon pickett mitchell smith that's been the seven that have been solid and uh mitchell smith often playing more minutes than kobe brown mm-hmm. and he'll come in and play the five um, he'll play the four with Tillman. They did that a couple times against Liberty. Um, one interesting rotation that I actually liked quite a bit was Tillman with Drew, X, Mark, and Drew Bugs. Yeah, I was actually going to say, I think one of our most successful rotations included all three guards like like that. Yeah, well, and, four I mean, guards, I guess. Yeah, when you three point guards really, mm-hmm. and when you're having turnover issues like Missouri was in the first half of the Liberty game, you kind of it's like the more ball handlers, the better. Yeah. Although, it was, you know, Penson was a big problem with was one of the main issues with turnovers against Liberty. Um, but this team's so different. When Tillman, uh, I saw an annoying thread. We'll get to Illinois in a sec, but I saw an, an annoying Twitter exchange with just random fans talking about Tillman and how he's a different player this year. And the Illinois fan showed a screenshot of his points per game each year and how it's exactly the same as it ever has been. And then obviously I don't expect them to be watching Mizzou basketball regularly, but the difference is he's staying on the floor, not fouling out of games, not getting in foul trouble and 
him just being in the game, he affects so many shots yeah. at the defensive end. Yeah, you can be a good player without scoring points, or yeah. you can do good things on for the team. And he's always done that. It just spends too much Less. time on the bench. Yeah. And he changes how the perimeter players can play defense when he's back there to kind of clean anything up or mm-hmm. a- affect a shot. You know, I think it's a it's really helpful for guys like Drew Smith to be able to gamble a little bit more on defense knowing that he's back there yeah. and can help him out. He was getting double teamed a lot against Liberty. Yeah, you get used to that. I still, exactly. And I still think that I wish that he could get the ball out um, to the perimeter quicker. But I did notice that he did set up Mark Smith for a three really nice in the second half last night. You know, he, he knew the double team was coming. He felt it and immediately just threw like a cross court, like yeah. the wide open Mark Smith for, for a three. I think like the first play against Wichita State, he they got it down to him. He got doubled and he dished it to Kobe Brown for a layup. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's one area that he can really develop. And I mean, that's how you, you want to stop getting double teamed. That's how you do it <laughs> is prove that oh, you yeah. can fight through it and you yeah. can find the open guy. Yeah. Um. Well, we already mentioned Torrance Watson, kind of an odd man out in the uh, guard rotation. He got into the game against Liberty when Penson was ice cold from the field. And I texted you and I was like, okay, Watson's got to be in this game to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he can get something going here when Missouri's offense couldn't get anything going. Nope. He was in there for like two minutes. Yeah. Didn't take a shot. I think he's kind out. of a defensive liability. <laughs> man, it's, it's a struggle yeah. to understand what's it was a going bummer. on with him but it's a bummer i don't know they'll need something out of him next year with all the guards that are going to be leaving so we'll see yeah and you hope that he stays because he may yeah. not get a whole lot of playing time this year right uh parker brown's in the kind of a same similar situation where he has something to contribute for sure but um you don't want to need him and if tillman and mitchell smith can do what they're doing then and he just has spot minutes or he's there in case of foul trouble, you know, I'm not going to really complain about it. He provides some good minutes, you know, he's got a nice looking shot and uh, he's just like really athletic, had some nice plays when he's been in there. But yeah, I agree. You probably don't want to be playing him more than 20, 25 minutes a game. So Missouri at 4-0, they um, actually were like 41st in Kempom. Now they've dropped down to 43rd. They are number 22 on Bart Torvik. He has them projected to be a four seed in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. That would be all of my wildest dreams come true for this team. I like that guy. Yeah. (laughs) He likes Missouri, apparently. Um, Is that realistic? I think probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Um, I I think he's got him at at like 19 wins on the season. So if if everybody can stay healthy all year, you never know. Right. Yeah. I mean, with the way they looked, I mean, I was pretty sure that this Liberty game was going to be just weird enough that they wouldn't <laughs> be able to pull it out. But they had an excellent second half where yeah. they just kind of. There was like one, there was like a two or three minute stretch towards the, the end of the second half where they just completely took over. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was really fun to watch. Yeah. But they it just, was good they to see Penson be a part of that. Extended too. the lead out to like double digits. Ready to talk about this Illinois game? Yeah, I'm ready. Oof. Illinois. Illinois is 4-1. and one. Their only losses to potentially the best team in the country, Baylor. Yeah. 
uh, and they just beat Duke at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And now after that, <laughs> Coach K is ready to cancel the season. They're done playing non-conference games after that. That's insane. It's so dumb. That is insane. It's so, like, easy just to see right through. Yeah. Like, all right. I feel like Coach K, Duke's Coach K, has been, like, just transparently unlikable the last uh, some people would say he's always been that way but yeah from an unbiased observer i'd like to think i don't know he had some redeeming qualities all along but lately it's just like you seem so out of touch and not honest in some ways like with recruiting scandals and you know him just kind of pushing that aside like eh, giving well, non-answers yeah that's not something we deal with here yeah and now with this like this concern over playing the season now he's concerned about covid yeah yeah and you're not you're not withdrawing from conference play <laughs> for whatever reason yeah but just these pointless games these, that you keep losing yeah these non-conference games you know they're too much of a risk yeah i don't know how much he really thought through the perception of that that was going to have or he just doesn't care i don't think he needs to think through it anymore so or he hasn't for a while probably yeah yeah, he, um, he obviously can't be coaching that much longer. I'm, I'm afraid he's going to go out on a weird note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For an incredible career. Right. Uh, Illinois, though, they did struggle in their their one um, top 100 opponent, with their, top, with their other top 100 opponent, Ohio, before this game. Um, they blew out two just awful, like, 300-level teams uh, at home to start the season. Uh, they're 15th in Ken Palm, 12th on offense, 31st on defense. And, of course, we know the cast of characters. Um, Trent Frazier, he's pulling a uh, Kevin Purrier. He's pulling a Larry Roundtree. <laughs> exactly. He's going to be there for a few years. Uh, what, what if he comes back? He uses that extra year of eligibility. Might as well. Um, I'm not yeah. sure he's really like an NBA-type player. Yeah. Uh, two guys that probably are, though, are Ao Dosunmu and Kofi Coburn. Yeah, so, they're loaded. Yeah. They're very good. They're they're probably going to win the Big Ten. Big Ten's always a really good conference. Yeah, they they don't seem to play with as much tempo as like you might think of when you think of them. But <clears throat> they're so athletic, and I'm I'm worried about uh, Desumnu and how well he can get to the basket. I mean, he's just borderline unstoppable at times. Um, and then of course, if Trent Frazier's on. You know, we saw that a few years ago in the Bragg and Rights game where Frazier was just money all night, and that was awful. And uh, it, it's kind of weird. Um, this game just seems to not matter really how good the two teams are on a season-long basis. This game's just always close or – Throw out the records. Or the team – yeah, or the team that has a worse season ends up winning. And that it's just it, – none of that stuff seems to matter in this game. And it'll be re- really interesting to see uh, how it's – plays out and not being on a neutral neutral floor no crowd it's gonna be interesting i'm thankful that missouri is 4-0 going into this game because i don't think they win it and they could have fairly easily i mean if missouri just if mark smith doesn't shoot as well as he does i mean they've been able to overcome one of their key pieces in penson having two bad games Mm mm-hmm and that's because everybody else has been solid if not fantastic i mean most of missouri's roster so far this season is posting better offensive rating than they have in their career Mm -hmm. um 
so the fact that they're undefeated going into this game, it makes me not worry about it as much. And yeah, you're you're playing a yeah top fifteen team, and if you lose, no big deal. Yeah, it doesn't are, derail your season in any way. I agree. Missouri's been in the bragging rights game where they almost have to have a win to salvage a you know acceptable season <clears throat> yeah yeah i agree i mean there's there's really no downside to playing this game if missouri wins uh they're really good and they're going to be a top 25 team um and it's great for perception yeah. in in the midwest if they lose they're ex- supposed to and they're going to probably still have a, a decent season and yeah. doesn't really change anything especially if they look decent and lose then yeah you know, yeah, that won't change my outlook for SC, for the SEC schedule whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we, we, we've got a lot of momentum, though, and, man, what a win would, would be would, would be just incredible. Yeah. You were uh, daydreaming before we hit record about a, a victory over Illinois on the hoop side and a victory over Georgia <laughs> uh, in the same day. What I mean, okay, well, I, I've seen this, this question going around on Twitter, and I'm pretty sure I know – what your answer is going to be for both questions, but uh, what would you what would you rather have? Would you rather have a, a win over over uh, Illinois, or do you rather have a, a win over Georgia? And which one do you think is more likely? That's that's really tough. It, it really is. Um, which one do I think is more likely? Basketball beating Illinois, I think, is more likely. Yeah. I mean, just ask some of these uh, predictive analytics sites. Uh, Ken Palm has it as a one-point Mizzou victory, yeah. a coin flip. I agree. Um, so that one definitely more likely. That which would I rather have is such an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I would be able to obviously answer this question a lot easier if uh, the Mizzou basketball season was almost over mm-hmm. and I knew what it would mean for an NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, in such a weird year for football, Eli Drinkwitz first season beating Georgia and then probably beating Mississippi State having seven wins which would in a normal year be like nine yeah <laughs> having like a incredible season on Missouri standards in his first year ever right yeah I mean we'd be talking about third most SEC wins yeah for a single season like really good really good bowl game most likely <clears throat> yeah uh but conversely, you're looking at a quadrant one win. I mean, that's a resume. That's like top of the resume. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the only reason why I think I would pick uh, that I'd rather be Illinois is because uh, something I said earlier is I think this football season is already a success. Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to beat Georgia. Um, but, you know, I think I, th- I think about the season probably the same way. Um, if we lose on Saturday to Absolutely. Georgia, so yeah. and you know the the basketball team, we just don't really know what they we don't really know what the ceiling is yet. And uh, a win over Illinois is just, I mean, the trajectory of the season is astronomical. Yeah. The expectations for the season change completely. Yeah. So yeah, you've convinced me. I'd rather have the the Illinois win. It's um, it's more likely. So that almost makes it more important. The fact that nobody really thinks the football team can beat Georgia, then mm-hmm. it's like, uh, well. And just the 
the uh, outs, the game within the game, yeah. you know, of dealing with the fan bases and, right. and just being able to have bragging rights for another year is yeah. obvious, obviously something that's great. And obviously there's other situations where I would much rather beat Georgia in football if, you know, the East title yeah. was on the line exactly. or something like that. Yeah. Ooh, what a, what a play. What well, a, I mean, what, what a great spot we're in, though, yes. to be able to be in this position and, and, uh, and have a chance to knock off, you know, two top ten teams in both sports on Saturday. I mean, there's, it's just there's been very there's very recently there has been times where you ask a Mizzou fan would you rather beat Georgia or Georgia in football or Illinois in basketball they would literally say who cares like when are those games I it's so not on my radar yeah why either one I? will never happen or yeah. something so yeah. yeah yeah I mean it's it's great it's fun to be a Mizzou fan right now a lot of great exciting things um, it's awesome I was looking up uh, Illinois stats. And Trent Frazier shooting 50% from three. Oh. And Desamu is shooting 42%. And then they've got this freshman, Adam Miller, who's playing a ton of minutes. Uh, and he's shooting 42% as well. So, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. But got, Missouri's oh. defense has been very good. Yeah. We've got two huge opportunities on Saturday. I don't, I'm not sure either one is a win, but. It's a it's a huge day. Let's look decent in both of them. Oh, uh, I have to change my mind. I have to change. I have to correct the record. Okay, I'm not changing my mind. Uh, <laughs> Kim Palm has it. Uh, still a coin flip, but it's actually Illinois by one point. Mm. But basically fifty fifty. That makes all the difference. Um, is that it? Did we wrap this thing up? Yeah, you know, it's not quite <clears throat> as long as I thought it would be. But uh, you know, we we probably could have. Man, I, don't I know. Knew. Sometimes on these uh, certain topics, I could just go forever. Oh yeah. And when it's so exciting, there's definitely been times where we're doing this podcast after like three losses, like football. Like when the overlap is happening, and football team loses, and basketball team loses two games, and you're like, <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna have to come in here and talk <clears throat> about three losses. Yeah. And all five of our listeners during that time, when Mizzou's <laughs> losing, you know, they're like. All right, we're, we're here with you guys, and we appreciate that. We appreciate everybody that is we, here. We've definitely done a few. Like, all right, guys, stick with us. Yeah, you know, we've got we got to make it through some some rough patches. We honestly, since we've started this podcast a few years ago, <clears throat> Mizzou's not really been that good at anything. Yeah, and uh, had some stretches where they there's bright spots. Yeah, but, but this year has been really fun, yeah. and it's been really different. And uh, I'm I'm thankful for it, and you feel I, the momentum. Yeah, I hope that you guys are are enjoying it as well. The this is just jumping right back into it, but the 24-7 Sports updated their basketball recruiting rankings for 2021, and uh, Trayvon Brazil got a huge jump mm. and um, helped Missouri's recruiting class rankings a little bit. So That's yep. great. Momentum on both sides. Feels good. Let's just keep it close on Saturday in both games, and I'll be happy. Win one of them, and I'll be absolutely thrilled. I don't even need that, honestly. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's going to be the most relaxed I've been watching Mizzou games in a while, though. You say that. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, okay, Wait, guys. Wait, what's your score prediction for Illinois? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I'll say 74-70 Illinois. I'm going to say low scoring 66-60 uh, Illinois. Missouri's offense. Sorry, guys. Yikes. Okay.
We did predict uh, winning against Arkansas, so and we got that. So. Oh yeah. Obviously. Never yeah. in doubt. Of course. Okay, guys. For the 18th time, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find T-shirts, stickers, Missouri Sports Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. After two.